This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What's going on, everybody? A fun Wednesday show for you. We got some buy low. We got some sell high. We got some funky wide receiver and tight end stats. And I went ahead and I put about, I don't know, 20 to 30 running backs in tiers. And Dave and Heath get to pick those tiers apart. We welcome you to Fantasy Football Today. This episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. and Find out more about the pants that Heath got from Express that he's very excited to tell you about. That's coming later. That's a new noise from Heath. (laughs) Oh, special guest today. Oh, yeah. Fancy cops are coming on later. Looking forward to that. Uh, how you guys doing? How we doing? Great. Great. Really wonderful. Oh, you sound, you sound like you're in a good mood, Heath. Was it watching me dance just now? Is that what it was? No, I was thinking about your tears. Um, specifically, <laughs> you crying and how much I would enjoy watching that. But, uh, yeah. That I, almost, good mood. I almost cried. I almost actually did cry yesterday um, watching a like a collage, a video montage of me with my kids. Uh, that was really, I got very sappy and emotional. And um, But then I almost fantasy cried this morning because a trade that I sent out last week that I forgot to rescind was accepted. Oh, no. And I don't Ooh. know how I feel about it. So we'll get the, we'll get the fantasy cops on the case a little bit later. Let's start with your favorite buy low. Dave, my favorite by low is Chris Godwin, who leads the Bucks in targets per game. He just hasn't played a lot of games. He's been beat up. I'm sure that he's going to eventually round the corner and be good for Tom Brady and and, and be that number one receiver for the Bucks that we projected him to be when the season started. And people who drafted him with a round two or round three pick might be frustrated with him. I think you can probably get Godwin at a decent value right now. Mm-hmm. Does, does it bother you? Like he's only at six, seven targets each game. So his 16 game pace is 107 targets, 85 catches, a little more than a thousand yards. I was going to talk about Mike Evans in this segment. And well, if he, he has was 107 low. targets over, you know, he's missed a couple of games. No, I'd be okay with that. That's his 16 game pace for the three games he's played. I'm saying, you know, it's not for, a full season. It's for you know he's played three games. He's on pace in those three games for 107. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Not a time. I'm still okay with getting him, and I bet the target share goes up. Yeah. All right. Is Mike Evans a buy low? Because he, you know, his 16 game pace is crazy. It is 61 catches, 749 yards, and 16 touches, 16 touchdowns on 99 targets. But in three games with Chris Godwin playing. He has 14 yards. I keep giving that stat. He has 14 yards and he has 10 targets. Um, very strange stuff. I, I feel more like Mike Evans was a sell high and you might still be able to. Because of the touchdowns. You're right. I mean, that would be the only reason. Somebody looks at the fantasy point ranking and says, ooh, Mike Evans has scored lots of fantasy yeah. points and doesn't look at literally anything else. But But, you know... I don't know, maybe it's like the savvy fantasy player or the fantasy community might be pretty down on Mike Evans right now. Can he really continue to be this 
bad, this uninvolved with Godwin on the field. Their defense has been and looks like a very good defense. They have Tom Brady at quarterback. We know historically, and it's maybe it's because it was cold, but Tom Brady's teams have gone more run heavy in the second half. I don't think they're going to throw 600 times. I don't think they're going to throw for 5,000 yards. And Rob Gronkowski may be growing into a bigger role than the tight ends had last year. So I don't think there's very much hope that Godwin and or Evans, or at least not Godwin and Evans, are going to perform at 90% of what they did last year. And you forgot the other important part, Heath. They're running the ball well. Right. Last three weeks, they've started to run the ball well. They're actually one of the teams in the NFL that still has a very nice offensive line. Ronald Jones has been playing good physical football. And they they are. it's not like last year at all. Uh, yeah, I guess um, they are still a Bruce Arians team. They have, uh, I think, the sixth or seventh most rush attempts or pass attempts per game in the NFL right now. Uh, and they ran the ball a lot last week because they had a huge lead. They've been running the ball a lot, but they're obviously a really good team, they, but they, they still are throwing the ball. Almost every game, they're throwing the ball a lot, not last week because they blew out the Packers. But yeah, I don't know. It's just you look at Evans, I feel like this is the lowest his value is going to be. I hope, I don't, anyway. I, I, hope. I don't know. That depends on if someone is valuing him based on his targets or based on his fantasy points. I think they're going to value him based on his yards. I, th- yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It could, I think right, that will it vary could, based on the the uh, acumen of the fantasy manager yeah, you're agree. dealing with. I agree. All right, so then I'll just sum it up. Like Chris Godwin is a blank, and Mike Evans is a blank <laughs> rest of season. I think the answer is the same. I think they're both going to be number two receivers, but my my hunch is that it will cost you a little less to get Godwin than Evans. Chris Godwin will rank between 10th and 15th rest of season. Mike Evans will rank between 17th and 22nd rest of season. All right. right. And in the trade chart, Evans is actually going for more than Godwin. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, uh, Heath, how about you? Your favorite buy low? You know, I I will admit that sometimes I've mailed this in. Sometimes I've not had answers (laughs) ready. Um, That is not the case today. This Good. is possibly my favorite buy low of the season. Like, you know, those gambling shows where they say like, this is the, the play of this the season. This is your five-star yeah. five 2020 star buy yeah. low mega lock. Oh, man. I wonder who it is. It's David take a Montgomery. Guess? Oh, David oh. Montgomery. Yeah. Well. David Montgomery, okay. 19 targets over his last three games. And the schedule's not been very good. Like Tariq Cohen went down. He got an increased volume in the passing game, but he had to face the Colts. Then he had to face the Buccaneers. And then Carolina's defense, for some reason, is kind of not terrible. No, their run defense is dreadful. He should have crushed them. He should have and crushed them. he has them. a couple of tough games to, left. Too. But then you want to talk about terrible defenses. He finishes the second half of the season. Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville in week 16. Yeah. David Montgomery is going to be a top 12 running back in the second half of the 2020 season. I just hope he's good. Uh, uh, there's only one I don't running think back. It matters. I hope that, well, that sure it matters because if he's not good, he's not going to give you numbers that'll finish as a top 12 running back. 
he, well, he's he going to get the work. Capable. He's going to get the work, and he's getting the catches, which is nice. There's only one running back, and speaking of bylows, I've given this stat on Monday, on Twitch yesterday. Uh, one running back I think that has a better schedule than David Montgomery, and that is Jonathan Taylor. So uh, his schedule is beautiful. But you're not going to be able forward. to buy low on Taylor. Well, you could if you got a Taylor manager who's two and four, and Taylor's on a buy this week. Maybe. And it's that, a, it, but the, like, and, and he's got to be frustrated with Jonathan Taylor. But most people who drafted Taylor did so with grandeur visions of him being a breakout rookie running back. And I don't think those people are ready to ship him off for a couple of parts. You know what? It doesn't have to be a buy low. It could be a buy high. I, I just I think there's a great opportunity for Taylor to really just crush it uh, second half of the season because he's been good. He hasn't been great. You know? He's got he has one game with more than 68 rushing yards. He's, he's got two games with more than 14 carries. Right. Look, I I think I think you're right, but I would still expect to give up a lot to get Jonathan Taylor on your fantasy team. I th- and I'm confused like and maybe we were just wrong, but part of the selling point was that Jonathan Taylor's first half of the season schedule was really easy. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and well, his second yeah. half schedule easier than his first half has been? Yes. I think it's turned that way. But no, I mean, look, he it's not like he's been bad, right? I mean, his schedule was easy. He's scored in non-PPR. He scored double digits four of six times. You know what? Instead I'm of doing this, I'm not criticizing just... Jonathan Taylor. I'm just saying, like, he's played Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Jets, the Bengals. Like, he, the Browns and Bears, I guess, are tough matchups, but that's... That's pretty much it. And looking at what he has left, like it's it's good matchups, but he still has to face some good Ravens. teams as well. He's got the Ravens. He's got the Steelers in Pittsburgh in week 16, but everything else looks pretty good to me. Yeah. Right. But everything else has been pretty good so far. It's a matter of workload. And you're hoping that coming out of the bye week, the Colts say, all right, it's time to really turn this kid loose. They take a page out of the Dolphins playbook when it comes to their rookies and say, all right, let's get this kid going. It's time. So oh, speaking of Dolphins, we'll talk about Tua in a second. Who's your favorite sell high, Heath? Uh, Kenyon Drake. And I kind of hate him yep. because he beat me by 0.33 points with that 69-yard <laughs> touchdown run in a league. But I, listen... That was a good performance. He did a better job of going forward instead of trying to bounce everything outside. Yes. Um, that's going to work better against the Cowboys than it is against everyone else. I do think he's going to be a starting running back rest of the season, but I would rather have David Montgomery than Kenyon Drake. In in any I think format, what it did like format? even in non PPR because it makes sense in PPR, but in non PPR, yep. Okay, go ahead, Dave. I think he bought himself some some time as the main back for Arizona over the last two games because he's running more North-South. They've kind of unlocked him. Yeah. Like they unlocked him when they got him last year and then things changed again this year and now they've done it again. I, I, I like him a lot against Seattle this week. I think he can do okay against that run defense and the schedule rest of season. He's got the Patriots in week 12. Uh, Adam will argue that the Giants is a, a tough matchup for him in week 14, 49ers okay. in week 16. It's not that bad. I think it's not that bad. I, I, I don't mind calling him a sell high if you can sell high. Well, he's can, not a, ew, it's Kenyon Drake. Get him off, get him off, get him off. It's, it's, it's not like that. I can give you a real life example because this was the trade that I offered last week that 
was not accepted until after his huge game. I offered Kenyon Drake for Miles Gaskin in a PPR league, and uh, I forgot about it, and it was accepted this morning or last or late last night. So I now have Gaskin. I That's gave away pretty Kenyon fantastic. Drake. It's good, Drake. You'd rather have Gaskin. I would rather have no. It's pretty fantastic by the person who did it to you. <laughs> but yes, I would rather have Gaskin too. I, I've I've got them dead even in non PPR and Gaskin one point higher in full PPR. Right. So what was the format? PPR, a slight win for me. Woo! There you go. You got it. It's a pretty dirty move, I think. Like, I don't know. It's it's questionable. I I personally would have reached out and be like, hey, do you still want to do this deal? But it's my fault for not resending the trade. I had forgotten about it. But I'll take Gaskin. That's fine. Look, Kenyon Drake has f- six catches this year. So if he right. doesn't score, you've and got... there's one more thing. Seven, eight points. He's being used more in this physical style. Can he hold up? Great point. Okay, Dave, you got a sell high? My sell high is not actually for right now. It's a week from now. And it's not one guy. It's two guys. It's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You, you should not get rid of them before their game against the Jets. I'm sure they're going to pound the Jets. Everybody does. But their schedule gets hard. And Allen has not looked good the last couple of games. So I think you can probably benefit off of a big game against the Jets and then move on from Josh Allen and consider moving on from Diggs. It, it wouldn't be right for me to say, no, keep Stephon Diggs. He's great. And then say, yeah, get rid of Josh Allen. I think they're both in the same boat here because they're tied to each other on the same team. Okay. Well, do not sell high on Express. All right. We are fired up about this sponsorship because the clothing is ex- is exceptional. The selection is great. It's versatile stuff. They've got styles for everyone. They've got pants for Heath, and we'll get to that in a second, but I want to give you the offer for Express. If you want 25 bucks off your $50 purchase, send a text message to 397-737 and just text FOOTBALL. Text football to 397737. You will get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase at Express. All right, Heath, what do you got? I placed an order, got some pants in on uh, Monday. I said, ooh, I'm going to try these pants on. I put them on. They were uh, performance slacks, and I didn't take them off the rest of the day. <laughs> they felt so good. I just wore them around the house. Now, obviously, I can't do that regularly because these are nice slacks that I'm going to wear out in public when I'm out in public again or, or on uh, on TV, but they they look great. They feel great. And uh, they're, they're comfortable enough to just be wearing around the house pants. Yeah, that's great. And that's what they're, that's what they're emphasizing. They're emphasizing comfort and making sure that they have styles that fit everyone. You know, if you're athletic, you might not think, oh, Express works for me. No, this is the new Express. Okay. They're, they have fits for everybody and they have and you just go to the website. You see, I love the sweaters, by the way. I'm all over that. Uh, the pants, now I have the recommendation from Heath. I'll maybe have the same pants, different color, different size. But uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in that. But no, it's a very versatile selection of clothing, and you're going to love it. So again, if you want to get, you want to look better, you want to feel better, you want to get that confidence boost, you want to get a nice uh, new pair of pants or a shirt or some jeans or a mask or whatever for your wardrobe, text FOOTBALL to 397 737 and get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase at Express. That's football. Text football to 397-737. Here are your news and notes. Not a lot today. Still haven't heard anything on Joe Mixon. Assuming he's fine, right? Like, what's the I deal? Think when when uh, Zach Taylor talked to the media on Monday, he said that there's nothing alarming with any of his players. 
So yeah. hopefully that's the case and that Mixon will be fine. But the fact that there's nothing out there, it would, be, it would be weird if there was nothing out there and then all of a sudden Joe Mixon's out for three to four weeks. So right. I, th- I think it. I'm cautiously optimistic he'll play. All right, this Tua thing is weird. <laughs> Surprising. Uh, he's going to start for the Dolphins going forward. They're on by, then they get the Rams. What is the value of everyone else, of Parker, Williams, Gasicki, Gaskin? Do they gain value? Do they lose value? What's your take on it, Dave? When I watched Tua play, I saw a strong-armed, accurate downfield thrower. I believe that at times he was locking on to his number one receiver. It was Jerry Judy at Alabama. I don't blame him for locking on to Jerry Judy because he was pretty damn amazing when he was there. I wonder if he would end up doing the same thing uh, now in the pros. Is he going to lock on to Devontae Parker? If Parker's out, remember, he hurt himself in week six. Is he going to lock on to Preston Williams? Could he lock on to Mike Kosicki? It's entirely possible, but one concern I've gotten, this is bad for anybody who might have acquired Miles Gaskin in a trade recently. <laughs> he did not, in, in college anyway, he did not throw to his running backs a ton. Remember like when Josh Jacobs came out, a lot of you know concern about it was, well, he never really caught the ball a lot. Well, that's that offense that Tua was running. And Tua will run himself a little bit. I would expect him to take off and run maybe the same amount that Ryan Fitzpatrick did. And uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll be, he'll be helpful to the wide receivers and the tight ends. Gaskin is fine still as a great starter in fantasy, but there is a chance that his target share declines a tad. Well, you think for, for Parker Williams, Gasicki, is it better or is it worse? I think just by nature of having a rookie playing instead of a grizzled vet like Fitzpatrick, it's going to be a little worse, but it, it, I don't think Tua is going to be scared. Like they're not putting him out there unless they really believe he's good to go. What? And we don't, you know, we don't get to watch any of these practices. We have no idea. The media has no idea, but the coaches do. And so you've got to trust that the coaching staff, knowing that they're three and three and legitimately in the playoff hunt, they're, they're making a move that they think is going to make their team better. And they wouldn't put two out there. This isn't like Johnny Manziel when he was put into action with Cleveland and he had no idea what he was doing. There was just pressure to get him out. There was no pressure for Tua to play. They must think that he gives them a better chance and that he's ready to go. So I'm not, I don't think he's going to, you know, crawl into the fetal position every time the pass rushes on him. I expect him to make a lot of good throws. I just don't really know what the value for Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Gasicki was before. I'm trying to like not saying that they didn't have any or but but those players have been I mean Parker's been hurt for most of the year. Um he's had some really good games. He's had some games where he didn't do much but he scored a touchdown so it was still okay. I think he's a borderline number 2 wide receiver and I maybe would view him as a high end number 3 now instead of a borderline number 2. Preston Williams has scored and had one really good game against San Francisco, but the targets haven't been there. And Mike Gasicki is only good when we tell you to sit him. <laughs> so I like those are Gasicki and Williams specifically are very difficult players for me to hold over the bye week. Um, I would like to, especially Gasicki since he's a tight end. I do think it will be interesting. A lot of times I think um, rookie quarterbacks have a hard time getting to the other side of the field. Um, and with rookie quarterbacks, generally they're right-handed, and that means most of their throws are going to the right side of the field. Two is obviously not right-handed. 
Um, I, I wonder if like Parker and Williams and where they've aligned, which I, I believe Williams is generally left side, but I'm not sure about that. Um, will have any impact on the total targets. I wonder if the fact that Parker's currently banged up. And so the first week of start of practice that Tua gets with the starters, Preston Williams might be his only outside wide receiver healthy. If that will make an impact on who gets the early targets. But I think it's a slight downgrade across the board, and it includes two players, Kasicki and Williams, that were very difficult to value in the first place. Okay, let me follow up with this. Would you rather have Miles Gaskin or Devontae Parker rest of season? Gaskin. Gaskin. Would you rather have Mike Evans or Devontae Parker? Evans. Evans. Parker uh, isn't even a top 24 receiver rest of the season. Heath's right. T. Higgins <laughs> or, or Devontae Parker? Higgins. Higgins. Higgins uh, is Parker. a hotter name right now. Parker. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So and that's Parker two. Parker's been lining up all over the place. There's okay. there's been some games where he's lined up as the left receiver, some games as the right, and he's played about a dozen snaps in the slot per game. Some two questions then. Uh, are there any quarterbacks that you think are you know widely rostered that you would drop for Tua? What's Baker Mayfield's roster percentage you know, in the forties? I think. Okay, so he's he's sliding down. What's Garoppolo at? I don't know. He was oh, in the 30s before yesterday. Garoppolo at 34. <laughs> so you'd rather have Tua than Garoppolo? Yes. What's interesting is I'm not sure what Tua's new rostership percentage is now. 31. It's 30. So he only went up 11%. There wasn't a mad rush to grab him in fantasy. Yeah. I wonder if that'll change it's if he a, has a good game against the Rams. It will change if he has a good game against the Rams. It took people a while to jump on the Justin Herbert bandwagon, too. Sure. They yeah. did not have that problem with Joe Burrow, though. Uh, right. Yeah. The rookie quarterbacks have been have been pretty good. Burrow and and well, Herbert's been great. Burrow got off to a good start. It's been kind of crap for fantasy. But okay. Uh Derek Carr to a rest of season. Carr. Yeah, I'd say Carr, if only because I might want to use him this week. News and notes. Oh, I think Carr can end up being Bucks. pretty good the rest of the year. I, 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 I know a, you like it's him. It's a tough spot for the Bucks. Very I tough agree. spot. This I is agree. my narrative street. Tough spot for the Bucks. Okay. The Vegas line says so too. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that game. To, is that a, that's a Vegas it's game. It's an right? AFC home game. All right. Game. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Uh, Christian McCaffrey out this week. Could be back next week. Dallas players are openly criticizing their coaches. This is going really well. Weird. Their left tackle, Brandon Knight, who is obviously replacing Tyron Smith. He is out this week at Washington. And they will get Randy Gregory, defensive end back, who has not played since 2018. A lot of Dallas news. The Saints are going to have 3,000 fans at their next home game, or at least up to 3,000 fans. That will be this week against Carolina. I did not finish reading the article, but apparently the California teams are going to be able to have limited fans. Just saw that before we went on the air. Uh, Mark Ingram has a sprained ankle. He has a decent chance to play next week after the bye. So you don't think you have to Wait, go rushing. I think yet. we need to go back to the Saints thing. Is 3,000 fans enough to make Drew Brees good at home again? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no, but by the end of okay. the year, it could be like 10,000. So uh, Philadelphia right tackle Lane Johnson will attempt to play this week in the game that we cannot wait to watch and preview. Actually, quite frankly, I do think it's a pretty interesting fantasy game. Uh, Giants and Eagles. Yep. Yeah. 
So we have a um, five-star review. You leave us a five-star review. We're going to read some Apple Podcast questions today at the end of the show. And we have the mailbag show where we read a lot of your Apple Podcast questions if you leave us a five-star review. And somebody left us a review with like all of the, or many of the numbers in pi, 3.14, blah, 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 blah. So that was very clever. That came up on Monday's show. Uh, would you like to do more buy low or sell high? Yeah, not yet. Let's I'm gonna change the order around a little bit. Let's do this segment. Fun wide receiver slash tight end stats. I will give you a stat. You give me a reaction. Adam Thielen is the number one wide receiver in non-PPR, number three in PPR. Per game, he's number three in non, number six in PPR. This is Adam Thielen. He leads wide receivers with seven touchdowns. He has four touchdowns from inside the four-yard line. That matches Thielen's career high. There's not really... This isn't the most fun stat, but when you look at the wide receiver standings and this you see... This is the headliner of fun wide receiver stats, well, and you've given us zero fun wide receiver When you look stats. at... Well, how, okay, fine. He has four touchdowns from inside the 10-yard line. I think that's kind of cool. But I don't know. You look at the wide receiver standings and you see Thielen number one and number yeah. three in PPR. That's kind of fun. We, if we had played Name That Player or Fantasy Feud, I wouldn't have gotten this. Oh, I should have done a different. I game did there. not know that he was the leader in touchdowns. Uh, yes, seven. I mean, seven touchdowns in six games. So, what are we thinking about Adam Thielen right now? He's awesome. I don't think this is slowing down. It's been a refreshing change to see that the Vikings are throwing a little bit more and not becoming this, you know, run conservative offense. I don't, and I a lot don't of it agree has to do with the that. fact that their defense isn't any good. They are a run conservative offense. They've had one game with more than 27 pass attempts. They also it doesn't are, feel it, like that, though. It doesn't feel like. It feels like they... Uh, no, they're not throwing a ton, but it still feels like their defense is putting them in situations where they have to throw. Oh, that's true. But they are, they're a little stubborn about it, at least until last week. Like the Seattle game, they ran... I don't know how many... Carries Cook had like seventeen and Madison had twenty and they were, you know that was a, I guess that was a competitive. Game. You're right. But, you're but right. They also, but it, it just for whatever reason, like between Jefferson and now Thielen, it it just doesn't feel that way. So maybe they're just they're obviously very efficient with the pass. Yeah, uh, they also have had horrible time of possession this year, except for one game I think against the Texans. So that's interesting. Um, so I guess is Thielen. Do you think Thielen is a legit top ten wide receiver rest of the season? Yeah, I would be selling high. I think for not for Godwin. Would you rather? I'd have to get something in addition to Chris Godwin. Okay, all right. Here's a more fun one. Your top wide receivers without top wide receivers in targets without a touchdown. Most targets without a touchdown. <laughs> Ooh, I know this one. Oh, who? Um, AJ Green. Yeah. Ty Hilton. Yeah. Julian Edelman. Yeah, you're reading. It's all the old guys. Oh, okay. Jarvis Landry's four. And Jarvis Landry, all the all the old guys. Right. Like usually, you could like last year was Robert Woods for a while, and you could be like, oh, buy low. This year, it's AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Julian Edelman, and Jarvis Landry. Who is the best buy low of that group? It's Green. I think it might be Edelman. Go on. I don't know. I I don't know if this passing game for New England's going to ever get consistent. I don't and know I don't that they, it is I either. I think they want to run a ton. They do. Um, but I've at least seen Edelman play really, really well in the one game where they had to throw. And his, like the fact that he doesn't have a touchdown yet isn't quite as disturbing when you consider that they've already had their bye and he played one game with Jarrett Stidham. Like he's played three games with Cam Newton. Right. Um, 
so yeah, I would Edelman would be my I'm I don't have any thoughts on AJ Green at all, um, good or bad. And I don't have any interest in T.Y. Hilton or Jarvis Landry. I, I've got thoughts on Hilton and A.J. Green. I watched A.J. Green's game last week because you had to wonder, you know, what caused this breakout. And he's still running in breaking routes like an all-pro. He does not have the deep speed that he used to have. That At least last week, the, the defense was on him like glue. They were contested catches. Burrow was not nailing those throws. He needs volume. And if he gets the same type of volume that he got last week moving forward, I'm confident that he can be usable and serviceable in fantasy, just not a number one type of receiver. Okay, next so one. I, I would classify him as good, not great. I would classify Hilton as uh, average, not even solid. Um, he's not getting he's not getting a lot of deep throws. Rivers is spreading the ball around. I've I've talked about the Colts' offensive philosophy like every week now. And okay. It's hurting. Ready? Ready for our next one? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is on pace for 67 catches, 1,024 yards, 11 touchdowns, which is nice, on 101 targets. He, like, just those numbers are low. He's been in six targets almost every game. Uh, Travis Kelsey has 15 more targets than Tyreek Hill. He's been saved by touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. He had, a, uh, I think, a receiving touchdown even each of his first four games. Total dud against the Bills. Are we concerned about Tyreek Hill? Slightly. Um, only because I think, and I I know like this is a little, I think the Bills defensive strategy against the Chiefs was exactly what you should do. Um, you should pray that they will run for six yards of carry against you and only let Mahomes throw it 20 times. Um, and I would expect more to, I mean, it's a copycat league. And they had a chance. They just had to get one stop, and they were going to go score and win the game. Right. They copied what the Raiders did. Right. So, and that was done to them earlier by Houston. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes. there's only one game with more than six targets for Tyreek Hill. Now, the other thing I will say is we have historical precedent for Tyreek Hill being a top ten wide receiver with 100 targets. He had 105 targets in 2017. And he was top 10 in both formats. They used him 17 times as a rusher. He scored seven touchdowns and he was remarkably efficient. So I still think he's going to be a number one wide receiver rest of year, but I don't think he's going, I'm, I'm concerned he's not going to be worth the early second round pick that you paid for him. Would you guys take Adam Thielen or Tyreek Hill? I've got Hill higher on the trade chart, so I'll say Hill. I think... I would still take Hill in non-PPR. In full PPR, I'd probably take Thielen. you got to take DeAndre Hopkins over Hill, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So who are, who are the top five wide receivers rest of season? Thomas, Adams, Hopkins. You, you, I've got, got Hopkins, <laughs> Adams, Thomas. And then it's, it's really close between Ridley, Julio, Tyreek Hill, Galladay. And I've got DK Metcalf sky high. I think his value is crazy high, even though he's not getting a slew of targets every game either. Yeah, I probably say. I think it's tough after the first three. Hopkins, Adams, Thomas. Um, Diggs, no, <laughs> Ridley, Julio. Okay. If we're doing that, then Matt Ryan is a must trade for like yeah. 
whatever it takes and it shouldn't take a lot yeah no people were asking about dropping matt ryan are you crazy it's obvious you can't do it drop him, but i also think that julio and calvin ridley could be top five wide receivers and matt ryan still just be like the number seven or eight quarterback yeah but that's sure, fine but i mean it's still a big that's year. right exactly i'd be okay with that i think it is really interesting that dan quinn gets fired and all of a sudden julio jones is scoring touchdowns and looking like a dominant receiver again all right, last fun stat. This is a tight end stat. Mark Andrews and Jonu Smith have nearly identical statistics. Andrews has 20 catches. Smith has 19. Andrews has 243 yards. Jonu has 234. They both have five touchdowns. They're within four targets of each other. Jonu Smith has played one fewer game, and he left week six with an injury. He played 39% of the snaps. So he's been really a lot better than Mark Andrews, if you think of it that way. Or at least better. Uh, your thoughts? It'd be more interesting if John O. Smith wasn't hurt. Yep. I guess so. Um, be more fun. Be more of a fun stat. Well, is I mean, could you? Could you? If I told you John o. Smith was playing this week and he's already had his bye, could you take John? O. Would you take John o. Smith ahead of Mark Andrews rest of season? No, I'm not there yet, but I do think it's close. But John O. is part of like. Tight end obviously is is terrible again. Um, John O's part of the good, the good place. If um, <laughs> if he's healthy, like what are there seven tight ends that are that are not just? I guess if Noah fans healthy, maybe eight. Mm. Well, Oof. yeah. Don't forget about Evan Ingram. You know, talk about him later. All right, listen. It's tough. It's tough to deal with credit card debt. We've got a solution for you. All right. If you're like most people, you have a balance on your credit card and you're at a higher rate of interest than you'd like. So why not turn those balances into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate and start saving some money? This is with Lightstream. Go to lightstream.com slash FFT. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It's a fixed rate. It will not go up over the life of the loan. You get the application entirely online, 100% online, and you can get a loan. The, you know, the day of the application, you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. Uh, Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And the the rate, the 5.95% uh, APR with AutoPay is just a, a terrific rate. So this is something you should take advantage of. By the way, you can get another interest rate discount if you go to our URL, and that is lightstream.com slash FFT. That's the only way to get this discount. L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash F-F-T. Please take advantage of this. Very useful. If you're dealing with credit card situation, lightstream.com slash F-F-T. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash F-F-T for more information. Uh, you guys want to fire up a few more buy lows or sell highs? Uh, just kind of go through some names real quick. I've sure. really been looking forward to your tears. We could do that too. Yeah, we have a lot. We, yeah, every every Wednesday show, I have like so much fun stuff. I never get to it. So let's uh, just do. Your, let's get to your tears. Okay, here are the running back tears. Uh, the elites: Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. This is in no particular order. Kamara, Henry, Jones, Cook, Zeke. 
the near elites, Carson, Jacobs, Mike Davis for now, Kareem Hunt, James Conner. The must-starts, Clyde Edwards, Elair, Jonathan Taylor. The probably okay. starts. I, I don't think it'd be useful to like read off all of them. Uh, probably now it gets more useful. The probably starts. And tell me if you disagree with any of them. Are they must-starts? Are they less than this? James Robinson's a probably start. Joe Mixon, Ronald Jones, Todd Gurley, who has seven catches in his last two games. That's Those nice. guys are all must-starts currently. I agree. Yeah, I, you know... James Robinson has had two brilliant matchups in a row, and he has totally crapped the bed on both of them. He was okay last week. He scored a touchdown. That saved him. Yes, it did. As a rusher, he has been horrible two straight weeks against the Texans and the Lions. Uh, yeah. Both teams give up 5.25 yards per carry or more to running backs. His offensive line is starting to show its true colors, unfortunately. All right, so Robinson, Mixon, Ronald Jones, Todd Gurley. Uh, and Miles Gaskin I have as a probably start. Yeah, those are must starts. Yeah. Uh, the starts, but don't feel great about them. David Montgomery, Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, what? Antonio Gibson. Yeah, you're starting David Montgomery too. Yeah, but you don't feel great about it. You're starting David Johnson as well. But you don't feel great and, about it. And or for do now, you? you're starting Kenyon Drake. I was wrong. We should have done the buy low, sell high. <laughs> no, the thing is, there are a lot of running backs that you have to start because they're running backs. There aren't that many, you know, good ones. But you're, I'm like, every time, if I put David Johnson in my lineup, I'd be nervous every time. I, I will say he has eight. Oh, my gosh. Compared to most running backs, I would not be nervous at all. How many have I already named? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen were in the other tiers. So now we're talking about. Like he's he's eighteen to twenty one here in this group. Um, no, you have to start him. He has eight carries inside the five yard line. That is as many as Carlos Hyde had all of last season. That is not something that you usually see from Texans running backs year after year. It's six for Miller, eight for Hyde, something like that. It's a very low number, but he's getting a ton of work near the goal line. But gosh, he's not. He has been really scary, and he has two catches per game. If you're lucky with David Johnson. So um, I, I think this group is starts, but don't feel great about them. I think it's very appropriate. Montgomery, Drake, Johnson, and Gibson. May I offer a different name for them? Sure. Starters you should try to upgrade on via trade. See, I think if you just put the probably starts, Robinson, Mixon, Jones, Gurley, Gaskin, in the must starts with Clyde and Jonathan Taylor, and then you could bump these guys up to probably starts and we'd be good. I think, okay, fine, but I just know that every week I'm asking starter sit Joe Mixon, you know, and it's like, it's easy to call him a must start now, but he's really been pretty bad except for one game. Uh, I know I'm not going to fault him for last week. He did get a little banged up. Sure. Gibson's a name. He's a start that I don't feel great about, or he might even be in your next category. Yeah, I think he's in the next category. Okay, the starts, but I hate myself for starting them. Fine, we can put Gibson there. Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, James White, strictly PPR, 15 catches in his last two games. Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, uh, Antonio Gibson, James White. Disagree with any of those? Do you feel better about them than I do? No. I don't. I think that's perfect. I think you nailed that one. Yeah, Thanks, I would. Um, I think I'm, I'm just about to the point of putting Daryl Henderson in the in the category above with David Montgomery and David Johnson. But you know that at some point it's going to switch. I like don't he, know he was that it fine is. last week. I don't well, know that it is either. 
but but I, you know look, he doesn't I hope catch not. I've got Henderson in a bunch of leagues, but they, they've got Acres. They've got to find a way to get him on the field more. He's well, but not if he's not as good as Daryl Henderson. The way that Adam felt about starting David Johnson is how I feel about starting Daryl Henderson. And the right. worst part about it is that I don't know which week is going to be the week that Daryl Henderson goes from 15 touches to five. It, it, it could happen. So, Dave, I think it's a good it could comparison. could happen as soon as this week. It's a great comparison between those two. Here's the thing. They, they don't catch the ball. And that is a huge deal in the NFL these days. But they, they both are getting yeah. most of the goal line work. The thing is, David Johnson is not going to lose those touches to Duke Johnson unless it's fluky, whereas Henderson, obviously, you just don't know what's going to happen. There's much less certainty with his job than there is for David Johnson. I think Henderson's a better player than David Johnson at this point, but he's not sure. a better fantasy option. But I think... It would be any, much better if Malcolm Brown or Cam Akers were hurt again. Look, any running back who's getting one to two catches per game or less is going to scare me, bottom line. And this is more of a PPR exercise. Except for Derrick Henry. Except for Derek, yes, except for Derek Henry. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of like lower on David Johnson, Daryl Henderson, Kenyon Drake, you know, and why honestly I could see Heath, David Montgomery moving up into the must starts faster than the other ones would. Um, the bye week replacements: Adrian Peterson and Damian Harris in non PPR. Devontae Freeman did see. I thought I think you might disagree with that. Devontae Freeman, he's had 19 touches two games in a row. Justin Jackson, JD McKissick. Are they better I than that? I would use Freeman and Jackson up a tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm I'm good with it. I agree. We, we're seeing Freeman's playing time go up. He had 19 of the 20 running back touches last week for the Giants, but you hate yourself for starting him. <laughs> and then like this next year, I think to do it. I think you just like maybe didn't see the Lions game this week. The hoping to start at some point, DeAndre Swift, Chase Edmonds, Zach Moss, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Le'Veon Bell, the Baltimore running backs, and Tevin Coleman. I guess, yeah, the question is, are you already convinced that DeAndre Swift is worth starting? Because I, I just don't know from one game that I'm buying in yet. He's at, uh, he, at he worst the a bi-week replacement. Yeah, he, play, he plays Atlanta. The, the good is that he played awesome, but he did it against Jacksonville. Right. And his playing time was exactly the same as it was pre-buy, but and then the Lions are for sure going to use multiple running backs week after week unless guys really get hurt. But they they've got to find ways to keep using him. But he, like, he gives he's the, the very least. Back, period. At the very least, he's in the same tier as Adrian Peterson. Um, he's Absolutely. not behind Adrian Peterson. Absolutely, I'd rather start Swift than Peterson. Yes. Well, now you would, but last week well, you wouldn't. That's, we're doing this now. I understand, but it's it could be just an overreaction from one game. Well, that's why he's in the bye week replacement tier and not the I hate myself for starting him. The starts, but I hate myself for starting them tier. Right. Or the starts, but I don't feel great about them tier. Yeah. I think that's rushing him up the flagpole a little too soon. But by this time next week, he could be in one of those tiers. Yeah, I hope so. By the way. I hope so, too. I'd love to see it. Falcons (laughs) have been pretty good against the run. Alexander Madison, but they do obviously struggle with running backs in the passing game. So hopefully Swift can take advantage of that. Hopefully the Lions realize that. And the why are they on my team tier is Malcolm Brown and Josh Kelly. Why are they on my team? Depth. You you don't want to be caught without running backs. There's a chance that Joshua Kelly outplays Justin Jackson this week. Right. Um, He's going to have to do it on fewer touches. I think Jackson's going to get more work, but he could do something positive or Justin Jackson could fumble twice. 
All right, here's how we're going to finish the show. We're going to go Giants-Eagles. We're going to do the Fantasy Cops, and we're going to read your APR, Apple Podcast Review questions. The Giants are at the Eagles. Interesting game because the Eagles opened as... Eagles opened at seven-point favorites. They're now four-point favorites. The total is very low in this game at 44. Both teams have faced Pittsburgh, San Francisco, the Rams, and the football team. Those are the four common opponents so far. In those four games, the Giants allowed 98 points. The Eagles allowed 122 points. Does that mean anything to you? Because I keep bringing this up because we're so gung-ho on the Eagles in terms of the waiver wire this week. Carson Wentz, are we starting Boston Scott? Are we starting Travis Fulgham? If Dallas Goddard plays this and that. The Giants' defense has actually been all right this year. Um, I I don't buy it. I think it's schedule-related. But also, I think the Eagles' offense kind of been sucky this year. So, uh, you know, the fact that the Giants have been 24 points better defensively against common opponents is pretty interesting to me. And what does it mean to you, Heath, as we kind of look at the Eagles in this game? I was just looking. There is not one top 12 quarterback for me in this game. There's not one top 24 running back for me in this game. There's not one top 20 wide receiver for me in this game. There's not one top 12 tight end for me in this game. There is not a player that I really want to start. The closest would be Travis Fulcom. And maybe if Alshon Jeffrey comes back, that might change. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not gun ho. I'd rather start. I'd rather stream Derek Carr than I would Carson Wentz. Um, even against, against the Bucks. Okay. I at like Devontae Freeman, I would rather start him than Boston Scott. Dave, how do you feel about that? Which running back do you like better? I like Freeman a little bit better. I think that his workload is safer than Boston Scott's. I already have major regrets about spending so much money on Boston Scott. <laughs> I told how much did you spend? So it's our 14-team podcast league, and I have Miles Sanders, and I got him for $35 out of a $100 budget. Ooh. Is he number 35? Did you do that on purpose? Oh, maybe, yeah, that must have been it. I just I thought you had it. Isn't that the rule? You have to use their jersey number? That's why I hope I don't have to bid on any offensive linemen. Yeah, um, don't bid on TJ Watt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's going to be either... Or JJ Watt. It's going to be either Boston Scott or Melvin Gordon, and I'm two and four, and I think I'll just go with Boston Scott. So, you know, th- th- that's a situation. But why? No, Why? I wouldn't do that. You go with Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay coming off such a good game. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous there. I'm, I'm just, and this, like, listen, we don't really know. These are two very, very bad football teams. Um, so it could go either way. But I am not particularly excited about the offensive output in this game. If I didn't make that clear by saying I don't have anyone ranked as a starter. Right. So you think Fulgham is the best wide receiver in the game. Dave, who do you think is the best wide receiver in the game? Darius Slayton. Not a short week. He's dealing with a foot injury. Maybe sees a little bit of Darius Slay, which, oh, that's amazing. Slay versus Slayton, which happened last year, by the way. Uh, Darius Slay versus Darius Slayton. Like, that's pretty incredible. I think we need to appreciate that. Probably spend five more minutes on that. Uh, why Slay over, why Slayton over Fulgham? Because I think he's just got more upside. Plain and simple. Better downfield receiver. Certainly can get a lot of targets. Fulgham has been getting... The only reason why Fulgham has been good is because Carson Wentz is just chucking it at him 10 times a game. And listen, he's he's making contested catches. He's he's doing okay with them. 
I'm not convinced that this keeps going. I mean, I guess I am. He's a top 24 receiver in PPR, but it's toward the bottom of it. Okay, so I'm just going to do some either-ors. Let's start with quarterbacks. Would you rather have Carson Wentz? Heath's already said Derek Carr. Dave, would you rather have Carr or Wentz? I have Wentz two spots ahead of Carr as of Wednesday morning. Justin Herbert or Carson Wentz? Herb. <laughs> you're you're going to be astonished when you see, I think, where Justin Herbert is in the rankings and in the projections. Top three? Um, he, I was kind of concerned because he came out at number six in my initial projections this week. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked at Sportsline and he was number one. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Uh, he's eighth for me. Justin Herbert is. Uh, Wentz or Minshew? Wentz. Uh, Minshew. Okay. Let's see. Jamie has Wentz 14th, Dave 13th, and Heath 19th. Okay. Boston Scott, Devontae Freeman. You guys both like Devontae Freeman better. How about Boston Scott, Devontae Freeman, or your favorite wide receiver in this game? Who's the best flex option, I guess? The receiver. Um, yeah, Fulgham. Okay, because to set up the, the matchup here, at least for Freeman, the Eagles, I mean, they're, they're really good against running backs. D- Daryl Henderson had a very good game against them. Other than that, it's been tough sledding. Uh, you know, there have been some touchdowns, but the yard has been very low. They give up 3.21 yards per carry to running backs, and we knew that going in. I mean, they they consistently, they have Fletcher Cox. They have a great run defense. Um, and the Giants have been a lot better. Four straight games where they haven't allowed a 15-yard carry. Oh, let's do a prop bet. 15-yard carry to a running back. It's been four straight games. They haven't allowed one. Uh, over under, longest rushing, rushing uh, longest carry for... Boston Scott only, not Corey Clement. Boston Scott, 14 and a half yards over under. under. I would take the under. Okay. I will and also part of that under. is because I'm not sure how many carries he's going to get. Mm-hmm. Hopefully like, he can be involved in the passing game. You know, we're When I said that I would start Freeman over Boston Scott, I don't want to start either of them. So who? So would you start Daryl Henderson over them? Oh, yeah. Yep. Would you start Devin Singletary? Yeah, would you start Devin Singletary over them? Yes. I've got Singletary one spot ahead of Freeman and non-PPR. I would start Justin Jackson over them. I would start Jared yeah. McKinnon over them. I would start Keelan Cole over them. I would start Tim Patrick over them. Okay. I okay. do not want to start them. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, Sterling Shepard if he plays. Uh, thoughts real quick. No. No. I No. Uh, how about how about Dallas Goddard if he plays? I'm yes. 99.9% sure he is not going to play. Okay. Well, if he plays, start him, I guess. And oh, yeah, I mean, we'll, get the, like, we'll get the official word before this. He has day. not returned to practice yet. Well, we don't know. He's on the IR. They can just act, he can practice while being on the IR. Well, but they were saying Sterling Shepard was at practice, and I don't think Dallas Goddard was. Right. So if there are reports that Goddard isn't practicing, even though he's on IR, then we know. Okay. It is. Stop me if you heard this one before. It's a great matchup for Evan Ingram. Starter sit. <laughs> it is a great matchup for him. Uh, people who have him are going to be frustrated by this. He's getting open, and he's he's not getting double teamed. But Daniel Jones is just under siege every single play and not looking for him every single play. And that's why he's not giving you huge numbers. Also, he's not catching the football. And also, he's not doing anything when he does catch the football. Like, it's not just a... They they have him run four-yard routes. And when he catches it, he falls down afterwards. 
So no, they've got him running routes longer than four yards, for sure. He's not being targeted on those routes, right? Correct. His average depth of targets right around four. All right, so wait, let me just speed it up here. Um, Evan Ingram, Dave, you actually have him tenth. I think I'm tenth. Heath, it's you have not him fifteenth. With a lot of confidence. So would you start Gronk, Hooper? No, yes. maybe in PPR. Uh, how about? Well, we're not going to really know about Fells or Fells. I need to correct myself. His average depth of target is all the way up to 4.9. Robert Tanyan or Ingram? Tanyan. I'll take Ingram. And the most exciting play in this game is the Eagles DST. They are third. Giants DST is also okay. But uh, Eagles DST, number three overall. And that is Thursday Night Football, Dave. No, 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 Okay, that was well done. I have a better song than that. It's time for the Fantasy Cops. Let's get your league issues settled here. Here we go. This one comes from Terry from a town in southwest Missouri. That's all you, Heath. Southwest Missouri. Oh, that's Springfield. Oh, okay. Okay. Dear Wayne, Derry, and Dan. I don't know them. This is a future Fantasy Cop question. Adam, I've heard you reference a couple of times that fantasy commissioners need to be prepared for schedule adjustments if when the NFL adds in Week 18. I agree that the NFL is likely to add a Week 18 when a game is postponed and there are no more buys available to adjust, but I'm confused at what you're suggesting that fantasy commissioners do to the schedule. Are you suggesting we add a week to the fantasy football regular season or make the championship matchup a combination of weeks 16 and 17? Won't this create several future fantasy cop debates when a team is eliminated from the playoffs that would have made it without the extra week or a team that would have won it after week 16 loses when combined with week 17? Aren't we better off just leaving the schedule as is and playing DFS in week 17 or 18? If you leave your fantasy schedule as is, and there are teams that lose games between now and week 17 that are played after week 17, those are games that your players, you're not getting credit for when you would have during a normal, typical football season. So a fantasy manager would have a gripe for that too. Hey, I didn't make the playoffs because Derrick Henry didn't play in week 12. There's no solution. Titans were right. Leave it as it is. If there is a solution, it, first of all, no one wants to have a long-term solution. Like, okay, whenever this game is made up, you'll get credit for it in week 12, and then no. we'll we'll play it off the way. You don't want to do that. Just That's leave it as Leave it as is, you're saying? For you, now, not, un- until we come up do. with something better. Do you think it's possible that the NFL has a, has a week 18, but only a few teams or half the league are playing, you know? I yeah. think it's possible they have a week 18 and only four teams are playing. Right. But I think right. it's also possible they don't have a week 18. I mean, we just, I, I kind of think the week 18 odds went down considerably when the Patriots played the day after they added three players to the COVID list. Yeah, maybe. I just, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't want to get political here, but obviously cases are rising. It's going to be winter. Uh, we could have a lot more COVID cases. So we could. We'll see. Uh, all right. Thank you for the email. From Chris. In our league on Monday night, CeeDee Lamb fumbled a punt return and then recovered the ball and was given plus one points for a fumbled re- for a fumble recovery on special teams. There's no point given to position players on offense for a fumble recovery, but the scoring was set up where if a fumble is recovered on special teams, a point is rewarded. The opponent of the team with CeeDee Lamb noticed this and demanded the point be taken away. 
Halfway through the game, the commissioner made an executive decision that a point should not be rewarded for recovering your own football, and the point was subtracted from CD's stat line. As the game came to an end, the owner with CD Land lost by 0.4 points. This mistake and correction cost the CD Lamb fantasy manager a loss. It really cost him a win. Please regulate and leave your opinion. All right, so he he would have won on this obscure rule that you get a point for a special teams fumble recovery. Uh, the commissioner decided midway through the game to remove that rule, and that decided the matchup. What do the fantasy cops think? I would say that I get. I mean, you put together a list of three names that you think would be the most responsible commissioners. You call each of those guys and say, "If I nominate you, would you be willing to be the commissioner?" You obviously fire your current commissioner and kick him out of the league because you can't change rules in the middle of a game. Even if you didn't you know the rules, know what your rules are before the season yeah, I mean, starts. You could see how something like this would slip through the cracks, and, and you have no idea. Commissioner is fired, kicked out of the league. <laughs> Find a new commissioner and a replacement fantasy manager for him, and then get rid of this stupid rule. Right, so, you so you would have let it stand. Fumble recovery on special teams. You would have let it no, stand. I would let it stand. I would not let him stand as commissioner any longer. Okay, it's a farce. I would. But the rules I, are the rules are the rules. You know what? I'm gonna go rogue here. I'm gonna be the bad cop. I'm gonna say, I think it's a stupid rule. We all agree it's a stupid rule. Very much. It's so. it's a it's such a random rule that I could see how someone would be unaware of its existence and I am completely fine with what the commissioner did making the in-game change to make to eliminate a dumb rule that decided a fantasy matchup I think he did the right thing I'm not arresting this commissioner I'm not arresting the commissioner in county you're the fantasy cop that's the only power you have you can't kick people out of leagues you can bring them in for questioning yes yes extradite (laughs) My ruling is the scoring should stand, and then after this week, you should eliminate the scoring or keep it for the rest of the year and then eliminate it. I mean, either way, you're going to have somebody so rightfully mad at you that the only thing you could do if you have any sort of pride at all is step down and retire from fantasy football forever. Oh, wow. (laughs) All right, so it's two to one that say that that the Lamb manager should get the point and win, and then I, of course, was right, so... Thank you for your fantasy cop questions. Keep sending them in. We'll read them on the Saturday mailbag. All right, that brings us to our Apple podcast questions. We will also read these on the Saturday mailbag. This is from CEO Rex. Grade the trade. Give up Le'Veon Bell and DJ Chark. Get Devontae Adams. A. Plus. Plus. From Jacob L. Grade the trade. James Robinson and Tyler Boyd for Michael Thomas. That's even. A. Oh, interesting. From I Feel Your Pain. Should I trade Le'Veon Bell for Austin Eckler? I have Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. Yes. Yeah. From Park Slope, Jordan. Would you trade Dalvin Cook and Stafford for Mahomes and Metcalf in Dynasty? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Yep, yep, yep. From... Oh, we have a fantasy cops question from Clay Chasepool. I had a conflict with <laughs> I had a conflict with two of my drafts, so I had a friend draft for me in my college league. Five minutes before the start, he texted me in a panic, asking if asking if it was a keeper league. So I logged on and, and it asked me to pick keepers. I quickly selected Lamar Jackson and DJ Chark. The draft starts and everyone freaks out, why asking why I already have two players. Because it's mm. not a keeper league. 
The commissioner is auto-drafting an MIA, unable to fix it. The draft <laughs> continues, and it turns out those keepers are the picks for my first two rounds. I know I started with a disadvantage, but it still feels like I screwed everyone over somehow. Should I be feeling guilty for this? Is this season permanently tainted? The season's permanently tainted, yes. And um, if I was in your league, I'd probably kick you out of the league. But... <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, like we've already taken the reins away from one commissioner. You're telling me the commissioner did not show up for your draft and auto drafted his own team. He is not a commissioner. You don't have a commissioner. You need to find a commissioner. But also you took Lamar Jackson and DJ Chark with your first two picks. So I think that that makes up for your mistake. Like those are terrible picks now in retrospect and your team sucks. The, The season isn't tainted for anybody except you, Clay. Yeah. And the commissioner, who auto-picked yeah, his team and did bad. not show up for the draft. That's really Yeah, that's bad. not a good question. And Kelly Rowe says, Fantasy Cops music is a hit. Improvement over regulators. What about this, regulators? Oh, mm. uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How does anybody think that that sounds like the regulator? It sounds a little bit like it. No, it does not. It sounds nothing like it. It was a clear dark black night, a clear dark. Oh what no! Is it? You a clear white that? moon. <laughs> no, I said dark night, black moon. I don't know what I was saying. It was a. What was it? What's the line? Clear dark night, a clear white moon. I don't know. Schrager, please cut that and send it to me. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Regulators. We've only been playing the song Mount for up. years. We're out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to uh, my mix. See ya. Uh.